thorny as we venture into the R&R, two truths are consistent. We love our dear Montana state and we love great beer. And you know who else feels the same? Jeremiah Johnson Brewing. Brewed in the heart of Montana in downtown Great Falls, Jeremiah Johnson takes Montana's finest ingredients to craft some of Montana's favorite beers. And now, Jeremiah Johnson's second tap room is open in downtown Coeur d'Alene. Their sister IPA is probably one of my favorites, but we all know, Thorny, you're not the hop lover I am. You're more of a mountain man scotch ale. Well, Foley, I'm certainly not a mountain man, but you are right. I do love their mountain man scotch ale. But come game day, you and I are both cracking their golden bobcat pale ale. So when you're looking for a quality craft beer brewed with Montana roots, a relaxing tap room, or just a six-pack to take to your favorite bobcat tailgate, Jeremiah Johnson delivers. Make your next beer a Jeremiah Johnson, and as always, go Cats! Welcome everybody to the RNR Catcats, a fan-based podcast focusing on Montana State athletes. We're two dudes named Ryan from the state of Washington talking about our dear Montana State. We hope you enjoy. All right. Welcome back, Bobcat fans, and thanks for joining us for the third Cat Grizz episode of the week Ooh. on the r and Cat Cast. <laughs> I don't know if I'm excited or not anymore. I'm definitely <laughs> wooing like Ric Flair, but it's not at the same intensity of a Ric Flair woo. <laughs> right on. It's like if well, Ric Flair just like closed R&R. on a bank loan or something like woo. <laughs> it's not that exciting. <laughs> closed on a bank loan. That's where we're at right now. Come on, buddy. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. We're the Ryans of the r and we are brought to you by Jeremiah Johnson Brewing, brewing dank beers in downtown Great Falls, Montana, with a second tap room in Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. And we're part of the Big Sky Podcast Network. Hey, we're here to talk more about the Cadgers. We couldn't get it uh, and we couldn't finish it on the first episode. And then yesterday. Is that how you want to be released? Is that the story you're telling the listeners? <laughs> yeah, we just didn't have enough time, man. And I was honestly falling asleep in the back half of that show. So Thorny cut me off. He said, go to bed. We'll, we'll finish this on Thursday. That's what we're going to do tonight. We're going to talk matchups. Uh, Thorny and I are going to go through key matchups, and then we're going to talk some golden coolies. Uh, we'll actually have a guest appearance from one of our listeners, Tanner, uh, Bleeding Blue, got to us, and he's going to tell a Cat Grizz story. We just got off the phone with him, so we'll splice that into the episode, and I think that's it. So we're just going to talk Cat Grizz, Cat Grizz, Cat Grizz. Yep. Hope we just uh, remember all the various questions and stuff that we have in the, like email, <laughs> Twitter, Twitter, private messages. Have you checked Instagram or Facebook? I need, let's double check that before we, while we're recording because we get questions everywhere. Makes it a little hard to compile all of them. But yeah, should be should be a lot of fun. This week is overwhelming. It just never stops. Like, no, come on. It is. This kind of helps process the week, though. Yeah, like just doing this right. podcast, like I, like I'm joking <laughs> that I'm exhausted and I am, but it's like still nice to do it. It's still super fun to get on here and just talk about Cagrees. Yeah. Absolutely, buddy. It is. It, it takes your pent up energy, and we, at least we can talk about it, right? Channel it. We got each other. We got the Ryan's. That's right. I got you, Ryan. I got you, Thorny. <laughs> All right. Well, I don't think we're going to talk about what we're drinking this week, are we? Or in this episode, anyway. Nope. Let's get right into some, uh, just want to get right on the matchups? Mm-hmm. So. Let's do it, buddy. 
this is the part where I don't remember where exactly we cut off on Monday's episode. But one thing I did want to talk about before we uh, transition off our actual Cat Grizz football chatter, I, I compiled some matchups. And, and this isn't like position comparisons. I'm not going to say whose quarterback is better, whose wide receiver core is better, because ultimately that doesn't really matter. Um, it doesn't matter whose receiver core is better. It, matter, it matters how that matches up against the opponent's like secondary, for example. So I, I, I compiled some like Grizz running game versus the Bobcat running defense. And that's how we're going to frame this narrative. We're going to go through that. I think there's about, what, 12, 13 of them just looking down at them. Uh, we're each going to give who has the advantage and why. The answer can be a wash or tie, whatever you want to call it. It doesn't have to be a clear winner. And, and some of them, I'm sure there will not be a clear winner. And once we do that, yeah, we'll move into the into the fan base stuff here. So, Bully, you just want to d- dive right into this bad boy? Let's do it, dude. All right, I teased the first one, surprisingly, because I was looking at the first line. The Grizzly running game, which I've heard now Isaiah Childs and Xavier Harris may be a go for this game. Is that what we heard last night on the Grizz fan pod or on the our big round table thing? Or did I hear that? On, I've listened to so much Bob or so much Cat Grizz content this week. I don't even know where I hear things anymore. But regardless, it even- does sound like the yeah, it does sound like the the Grizz running backs are healthy. It, it sounds like maybe all of them, except well, except well, Marcus Knight. I think all of them. Marcus yeah. Knight's well, not good we'll, back. Okay, but uh, okay, so let's assume Nick that. All of them except for Marcus Knight are back. Best case scenario for the Grizz. I'm not sure that's the case or not. I don't think that changes my answer. I still think the the run defense for the Bobcats is a big advantage here. I totally agree with that. And I think that has to go back to their the Grizz offensive line. I think our defensive line is a clear... I mean, when you look at the Cats defensive line versus the Grizz offensive line, Cats defensive line all, all day long. So, yeah. Obviously, we're going to shut down the run game for that. If you look back and think about the, the running backs this year who have given the Cats a little bit of trouble, it's been those like six foot, six foot one, 220 pound dudes that break arm tackles. They haven't busted any yep. big runs, but they, they've been enough to get 12 yard carries here and there. Grizz don't have any kind of guy like that. Like, I think Nick Osmo is bigger, but the rest of those guys are like 180. And Junior Bergen's like mm-hmm. 170. <laughs> yeah. I just think that the if they are able to get through the line of scrimmage, they're going to, you know, We'll be able to clean up pretty quickly. So I think big big advantage here for the Cats. Moving back further from the running, or I guess forward, depending where they're lined up. This <laughs> terrible content. The Grizzly passing <laughs> game versus the Cat passing defense. So we're not talking like specific secondary stuff yet. Just in general, the passing attack versus the Cats passing defense. I'll let you take this. Yeah, so I think that's a I think that's a wash right there. I think the the Grizzlies would be wise to kind of put us, uh, attack the, the seams of the Bobcat defense. Montana State has had some trouble defending the pass. And I think that's simply because of some zone concepts that we run. Not necessarily because that we have Jeff Manning or Trey Webb or Ty Okada or Simeon Woodard or uh, James Campbell or Eric Zambrano. All those guys I just listed are really good secondary, by the way. I just think uh, they find a zone. And, and I'm thinking... Over this week, Cole Grossman, who is one of the Grizz's uh, top uh, top targets, he is a freshman, by the way. I, I did go on to their website and look at their roster. Holy cow, that guy's going to be just lights out for them for the next three, four years. Anyways, uh, you know, if they put him up the seam, Cam Humphrey can get some 
can get some easy money on us, I think, right there. So uh if we're just if we take pass rush out of it and we're just looking at their passing attack versus our defense, I still think it's a loss. Well, this this in my opinion, and this maybe I should be more clear, this includes the pass the pass rush. Oh. Okay, so let me, let me phrase another I, way. I do Montana you, State. Do you think the Grizz average two hundred and thirty seven yards a game? 7.2 yards per carry. Like, are they, are we going to do better or worse than their average? Oh, worse. Like they're going to do worse. I think so. I think so too. I think we're going to, I mean, set- it is the cat Grizz. Like, I mean, you could throw everything out, you like can. all statistics. I mean, I mean, let's get over that caveat. Yeah. That's it, yeah. Everything could go out the window. Absolutely. But if you're just looking at this on paper, I think, yeah, Montana state holds up her hand on that. I do too. I think we'll put some pressure on them. I don't know if we'll get any interceptions. I'm really hoping that we do, but, Especially if Cam Humphrey's a little bit hobbled, I don't see them being very successful through the air. Um, at least not in terms of like uh, what they're used to. Like we hold Barry to like almost two hundred yards less than he's used to. Two hundred yards less for Montana would be thirty six yards. That's not going to happen. But <laughs> you know, <laughs> it could be roughly half of that. It could be, be like one hundred fifty yards to the air or something. Yeah. Moving on down, uh, I'll say the cats. I don't know if I said that or not. So we both got cats so far. Uh, this one I think is a pretty easy answer. The Grizz offensive line versus the Cats defensive line. I think even the most diehard Grizz fans not going to like that matchup. So Cats no. over here for sure. Yeah, especially as um as banged up as they are. And I've, I'm curious about that. So I actually asked that on the our big roundtable episode last night to give to ask somebody on the Grizz fan pod to give us a recap of their offensive lines injuries and retirements and stuff. So there's, there's a good listen in there. No timestamp. No idea where it occurred. If you want to really know what happened, uh, Brent Wahlberg gives a good review of that at some point. Point is, they're banged up. We are not. We're very good on the defensive line. Easy pick. I want to see uh, Junior Bergen. Is that isn't it first name, Junior? Yes, it is. I get that right? Yeah. Junior Bergen, meet Chase Benson in the hole. There's something uh, <laughs> something a little <laughs> extra Jesus. for a guy who was a cat commit. <laughs> Right, um, come on. I never want to wish a guy injured, but I wouldn't mind seeing Daniel Hardy flatten him. You know, <laughs> yes, he yes, looks yes. he looks very small for a running back at any level of football. He's not he's, I he's don't not feel though. like he wants to be a running back. He's not a running back. He he's a wide receiver and he's a slot receiver, which <laughs> yeah. is fine. But then he's in the running between the tackles, and I just like it just like it looks comical almost how small he is. But he's 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 a tough kid and he runs hard. I give him lots of credit. He's like almost like a smaller version of Elijah Elliott. I hadn't thought about that comp. Grizz wide receivers versus the Bobcat secondary. So this is where things get a little more interesting. I'm going Grizz wide receivers. I think Sammy Kim, although underwhelming this year, I think he's just, he has the potential to be one of the best players on the field at all times. He can dominate a game if he really wants to. I think Mitch Roberts is a really good wide receiver too. And I didn't even think about this when I wrote this, but if you if you're gonna throw in like I don't I don't have anything for tight ends on here, so let's throw Cole Grossman in that mix. I'll mm-hmm. probably give the advantage to I'm gonna actually I'll still probably call it a wash. I don't think anybody's torched us too bad, including Talilu Lumo Jones, Vernon or not Vernon Adams. My mind's tweaking right now. Whoever, whatever, <laughs> whatever quarterback Eastern's rolling out this year, that's in the contention for the Walter Payton Award. <laughs> Eric Perry. Eric Perry. I know. I was half joking there. <laughs> that guy. Um, I, 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 I'm going to go a wash on that. I think that they're not that big of an advantage for the Grizz to the point of where I can call it relatively even. 
You know, we haven't really talked about the young corners, and maybe that's because they've just been shutting down yeah. the receivers. Or they, or the defensive line is so good that they don't have to do a lot. Either way, either way, um, the fact that we're not talking about the cornerbacks is typically a good sign. It's yeah. like if you're not talking about the referees, then they're doing just fine. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> right on, buddy. All right, we're going to switch it over to the Bobcat offense here. Cat running game versus the Grizz running defense. Ooh, see, I think that's a wash right there. Although that was our, what we made our hay on in 2019. This is something that I've been racking my brain about. We don't run as much gap scheme this year as we did in 2019. And and that was honestly the, the best thing against their defense because their defense was so high pressure. We would be so patient and then we would just gash it, gash them in the gap scheme that we were running. Uh, it would behoove the Montana state to kind of revisit that. I think this season or this game at least. Uh, but to, to your original question, I think it's going to be a wash or slight edge to the Grizzlies. I mean, to your point of like, not being the same as we were in 2019. I tried to coin the phrase ground raid, right? Is that what I tried to call it? It's like the air raid. Oh yeah. But it was the ground. I forgot about that one. It was so dynamic and so diverse for just being a rushing attack. It was crazy. We had so many ways to attack you from, from running the football. It was like nothing I've really have ever really seen. We are not like that whatsoever this year. We have a line that's reshuffled where don't seem to be very, um, uh, creative in the play calling. I'm not positive that the cats can do anywhere near what we've been doing. And I know we went through two, de- two defenses there. We went through Bob Stitt's defense and then uh, Bobby Houck and Kent Bear's defense and had the same success. I just, I don't know. I, I put this one as a wash too. I'm, I'm pretty concerned about it. Um, I think we'll do okay. I don't think we'll get to our season average for sure. Well, that's not even talking about if we have a Fonse or Elliot, that's assuming we have a Fonse. <laughs> yeah. If we don't, the wa- the wash part definitely probably goes to the Grizz. So then we have to beat them through the air. We have to re- rely on Matt McKay. Okay. Cat passing game versus Grizz defense. Let's transition right into that discussion. <laughs> I'm going Grizz defense, man. Yeah. Yeah. The, I think the, if you would have asked me this a month ago, I would have said cat. I would have said a cat offense. Like honestly, in, in October, McKay looked really good. He really did until it, Weaver. Until and, and then after Weaver, something changed. It's like it broke him in a way, or it broke House Wright's belief in him, or House Wright's play calling, or something. Something snapped, and it hasn't been the same. It's been really hard to pinpoint, my opinion. It, yeah, but I I think uh, the Grizz defense is a nightmare for a quarterback like M- Matt McKay, who is struggling with some confidence, perhaps who doesn't go through his progressions, not that the Grizz give anyone time to do so, but make you make a quick decision and get rid of the ball real quickly. I, I, it's going to be tough for him. I think it'll be tough sledding for the passing game. Maybe. But, the, you know, that's what Matt McKay's done really well is get the ball out of his hands fast. He's been a one-read kind of guy, so if uh, we have the right read, that could be really good for us. True, but if he hangs one out there to the flat, it's going to be a pick six. I don't know why. Why does he choose to throw across the field to the flat all the time? It just seems really. That's like not a a, a high percentage throw. Well, it's probably because it's more open because the guys are further off of him. I don't know. Well, it seems point. to be working out pretty well. Now, if the running game is going enough, and all he has to do is uh, take some shots to Lance McCutcheon, I think it'll be okay. But I still give the advantage to the Grizz here. 
All right, this one's tough so for I me. I think the Grizz are going to... Go ahead. No, finish it. I... Okay, so yeah, I was going to say, uh, just interject there. I think the Grizz are going to really key on in Lance McCutcheon and Afonso, obviously. And so who's going to be the X factor in this game? I think it could, could be Willie P. Could be Willie Patterson, for sure. Yeah. It could be... Uh... Andrew Patterson, too. I was actually wondering, like... Uh... <sighs> And then we're t- totally going off site, uh, off the side, off the side. I'm tired, man. Uh, going down a rabbit hole here, but uh, yeah, Andrew Patterson. I was thinking about that. If he came in, he could kind of fill that almost Tyrone Marshall slash Logan Jones role, where he can attack the outside with some extreme speed. Something that I think you need to do against the Grizz. So I wouldn't be surprised to see Andrew Patterson in this game. Yeah, it could be one of those unforeseen players that becomes the hero of the game. Okay, let's, let's uh, switch it to the Cat offensive line versus the Grizzly defensive line. Mm. I'm going to well, come out. I'm going to go Cat offensive line right there. So you're going to go Cat offensive line. Okay. Um, that's interesting. They only rush three. They only rush three. Are you including their linebackers, the the three three five? Are you including the linebackers? <sighs> I guess not. I guess this would be a situation where there's like, they only bring... Four or three. I guess, yeah, three. They only have three. Yeah. So I'm I'm still going to go with the Cats. I didn't really, cons- I didn't really consider that. Yeah, uh, their defensive line is mostly there to make hay for the linebackers to blitz through, to take up space, or for Marcus mm-hmm. Wellnell to, like, drop into coverage and intercept a, <laughs> a pass. Uh, <laughs> I had Wash on here. Uh, with the injury to TJ Session, I'll probably leave it at a Wash. Right. Okay, fair enough. Uh, it's it's a tough one. I could that could go. You could, you could convince me either way. Cat wide receivers versus the Grizz secondary. So we've already kind of hit on this, but overall, um, I think the Grizz have the advantage here. Justin Ford has an interception in like eight straight games. They have some talent on the back end there, and no one besides Lance, Mc, Lance McCutcheon has really shown that they can be a consistent threat in this offense. So I think this one's kind of an easy Grizz secondary pick for me. Yeah, I can see that. Uh, Justin Ford, uh, Omar Hicks, Anu, some really good guys from Oregon, right? Uh, I guess McCutcheon has been the only guy that was uh, coming to my mind. I mean, he's been playing like a beast, just out of his mind. Like, yep. we never thought we'd see this from Lance McCutcheon watching the the first three years of his his time at Montana State. I'll give it to the Grizz secondary on this one. I mean, Lance McCutcheon can end up with a stat line in this game, and I think this is in the realm of possibility, like four catches for like 95 yards and a touchdown. Like that could very well happen. I'd take that. I would, yeah. I would gladly That'd take that. That'd be awesome. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, that has to happen early, though. I don't think we do that late. They, I think that has to happen early. That has to be kind of like a tone-setting play. The Cats have been pretty good about coming out and firing a deep shot at the beginning of games. We haven't always connected on them, but it seems to be something we come out and do. And it's it probably just out there to show like, hey, we can do this and try and stop the running the run defense right off the bat. But I don't, you just can't make a mistake. And I'm 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 afraid the big my biggest fear in this game is that the cats are gonna play it not to lose, and then that's gonna cause them to lose. So yes, you gotta come out and take a shot. Hmm. You gotta take some shots. Okay. Period. Yeah. Well, that pretty much wraps up the uh, offense versus defense kind of stuff. I feel overall I think I had more cats checkmarked on here than I did Grizz matchups for the offense and defensive kind of stuff. Yeah. Because I do think overall the cats have a better defense that's going to shut down the Grizz offense. And I do think 
the cat offense is going to be is going to have a very tough sledding. But if you if you had to press me to the fire on do I think the Grizz offense is going to be better against the Bobcat defense versus or do I think that the uh, Grizz or the Bobcat offense will be better against the Grizz defense? I don't remember how I said it the first time. Whatever. I'm going to I think that the 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 Cat offense has a better chance to be to be successful than the Grizz offense does. In the grand scheme of things. What if we scored like we did in 2019? So I was teaching there today and then I left my mind, you know, during my passing period, I had a little time to sit down and listen to the, the episode we recapped last night. We talked about like kind of some scenarios and it is unlikely, but I still think it could happen, man. There is something I kind of came, I kind of came to the conclusion. I think you know, Montana state comes out and hits some, like, let's say if we get the running game going in the first quarter, I think, man, it's just over at that point. We pin our ears back on, on defense, and then it's just game over. Just game over. That's true. If the Cats can jump out to any sort of lead, I think that they, they've proven that they can hold the lead. But the problem is the Cats have proven they're not going to blow you out anyway. Yeah. Like once Vegan gets up like 14 to 0, 17 to 0, it is hand the ball off. Three plays in a row time. <laughs> up the middle. <laughs> so it, it, the score could be 21 to seven and, and be the most dominant 21 to seven victory you'll ever see. But that could be the final score. But the, the thought has crossed my mind that yes, it could snowball like that. Cause I mean, you look how many times that the, the cats have had a good defense in the previous years and like, it have been sc- like leading the league in scoring defense and the Grizz just come in, come in and like hang way over their season average on us. It, it, yeah. it that becomes kind of the mental thing that I'm talking about in this game. And mm-hmm. I think the Cats have a big advantage in that fact. Let's just jump right down to the bottom of that. I have that on here. Um, we'll have some other stuff to talk about first. But intangibles in includes like mental toughness. and in, includes leadership, which could be coaching leadership. It could be on the field leadership, senior leadership, and then like home field advantage. Any, any of that kind of other intangible stuff. I think the Cats have all the advantages here. Yeah, I don't, I don't agree with that. I think uh, Washington Grizzly is, is an advantage in itself. I think the fact that the Montana Grizzlies have not won in four years, the fact that some of those guys have never beat the Cats, is that an advantage? I kind of think it is an advantage for them. Although, you know, flip side, look at Wasn't the... Wasn't an advantage point, for us Montana for 16 State. straight years? <laughs> yeah, well, it's good points, right? You know, look at the flip side. You're, you're going to listen to guys like Troy Anderson, Chase Benson, and go, yeah, we, we don't lose to the Cats, you know? And they're they're obviously sending the message to the Cats and their teammates that this is what we do. I don't know. I think it's easy. My kind of a disposition towards this game has always been to be more afraid than um, confident, and I still find I still find myself like that. Even though we've won four years in a row, I don't want to. I I still don't feel personally as Ryan Foley. I don't feel like, hey, we got this. Like this is going to be easy, or this is a very winnable game for us. I always feel, um, not like a little brother mentality that you hear people talk about. It's just. It's just cat grizz. You just don't want to get your hopes up too much. I think that's where I, I kind of, you know, kind of land on. I guess this bleeds into what I was talking about earlier about it just doesn't scare me from that aspect anymore. Like, I'm not worried that we're going to lay an egg just because it's cat grizz. There'll be lots of other yeah. factors we could lay an egg. It's just that whole we lose because we always lose to the grizz thing is gone out of the culture, culture at the moment, at least in the yeah. in the player side of it, in the coaching side of it. Because all these guys, that's mm-hmm. all they've ever done. 
And yeah. and the the intangible here would be like Brent Vegan and the, the coordinators. That's that is a problem, I think, for the Cats. But we have so much other staff on staff that have been around still. We have former players that have been around who were part of winning programs, and just like the seniors, I think like Lance. I think I think our senior leadership is better than their senior leadership. Period. They don't have guys like Lance McCutcheon and Troy Anderson. Maybe they do. Maybe they do. It's hard hard to gauge that, but I don't know. I think I think this is an advantage for the Cats. We and uh, I mean the Grizz have only won one game since 2010 against the Cats in Missoula. Yeah, home field advantage is real. (laughs) It's uh, it hasn't really worked out so much other than that 2014 year. And before that, it was 2008. Wow. That's crazy to think about. It is kind of weird. Like, you know, 2010, 12, McGee won. Then uh, Krukop lost into, or no, that was that was the Jake Bleskin game, 2014. Oh, man. Which we don't. <laughs> Took his soul that day. And then it's the middle Jeff Joe. <laughs> so, yeah, they had like the Jake Bleskin game and other than that, in the entire 2010s, it's been, it's been the Cats in Missoula. Hmm. Maybe that's bad, right, buddy. Maybe that's a jinxing thing. We're spending more time on this than I figured we would, but uh, we've got a few things left to go on here. Kickoff returns. Grizz. Oh, yeah. Easy. That's Montana. Easy yeah. Grizz. Yep. Uh, yeah. Punt returns. Easy Grizz. Montana. <laughs> Easy Grizz. Even if it didn't have a dynamic guy doing it, um, I don't think they've muffed as many punts. Or, I, I mean, I'm, I'm literally worried every time that a team punts Dooley Patterson. It's not a good place to be. He may not fumble it, but it's like he's going to just let it bounce past him and get down on the two. So there's, I'm just not confident that something good's going to happen. So <laughs> That's a good point. easy pick for the Grizz on that one. Okay. Field goals. I had cast on here. It may be a wash. Their kicker's actually pretty it good. It could be. But yeah, we got stones, it, man. Isn't huh? he a transfer from Arizona? He is, yeah, something like that. Because we, uh, we learned a bit, little bit more about him on our big roundtable with the Grizz. These guys there, but I'm Money still going to go with the cats. Stones, yeah. Glessner, for sure. Stones. <laughs> Stones. And punting, I was going to easily <laughs> pick the cats here, but I think actually they have a pretty good punter and a, and they have a pretty much equal stat to us, if not a little bit better. So put a wash there. Our punters have kind of won the game for us in a couple. And I mean, Jared Padmos, we, we've talked about that in a little bit, but yeah, that's, a, that's a really important position during this game. Flipping the field is huge in the cat race. It is. Yeah, Jared, Jared Pamas won us a Cactus game, basically, as far as I'm concerned. You know, so if Bryce Lane can pin them, I don't think um, there's like a legit le- argument. I don't think the Cats, I mean, I, excuse me, I don't think the Grizz can march 80 yards on us. I really don't. No, it's like I was saying on the, the, the Monday episode, like, sure, they could hit Sammy Kim on a slant over the middle of 15 yards. Can they do that four times in a row? Can they mm. continue? I, I don't think they can, man. I don't think they can move it that far. And if they do, no. If they get in the red zone, the Grizz have proven to be almost as awful as we have been able to punch it in once in the red zone. So, <laughs> yeah, all signs point to this being just a slugfest, low-scoring garbage fest, which means it'll be 52 to 48. All signs point to goes. some big plays happening too, right? Some yep. plays like a, maybe a trick play that I don't think the cats have shown. Nope. I, Bobby Houck always has a trick play up, up his sleeves for this game, um, a fake punt of some sort of weird formation that you're not going to expect. I'd be interested. That's one thing I'm going to be looking for in this game. And special teams. 
special teams. So special teams, defensive plays. I think that's where this is going to be won. I agree. I'm, I'm more worried about the Grizz scoring either a blocked kick return or a kickoff return, punt return, a special team touchdown. I'm much more worried about that than I am their offense beating us. Kind of funny yeah. to think about that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, their game against Northern Arizona, their defense outscored their offense. Their offense scored a touchdown on the opening scripted drive and never scored a touchdown again against Northern Arizona. They are not that big a threat. And if the defense is like what I think we are, I, I just don't see it happening. It'd be, I, I'm, I really want this. So all year long, I've been rooting for a scoop and score. If we can make it, if we could plow into Cam Humphrey and just knock the ball out of his hand and then Troy Anderson picks up, and runs to the touchdown. That's going to be, oh my gosh, go crazy time. I will lose my mind as it happens. <laughs> <laughs> I want to scoop and score this game. Come on, cats. Bold prediction. Let's go. You want a bold prediction bold before prediction. we move on? Bold prediction. Is that your bold prediction? Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, man. For sure. Scoop and score. Bold prediction. Yeah, my bold prediction was that uh, mine was going to be basically a defensive score or some kind. How about uh, bold prediction? Why the hell not? Let's say our our defense outscores their offense. <laughs> <laughs> I love it, man. Same vein. That's so cool. Now, like if you include one, field goals, I mean, yeah, maybe they'll get like nine. I don't know. Yeah, sure. Nine why not? Bold prediction. That'd be That's terrible point if they've scored nine field goals. Well, I meant nine oh, points man, off I hope field that. goals, not nine field oh, okay. goals. Okay. <laughs> Three field goals. <laughs> 27 uh, points up of field goals. That's got to be a, a record. <laughs> oh, that would be terrible. Oh, my word. All right. Let's put a hey, bow on, move on the Golden Cooley. Yeah, man, I'm tired What's of talking that? about. Yeah, let's move on. I'm tired of talking about matchups and what this and that. Who's going to do what? Let's just, I mean, we'll talk a little bit more about that with Golden Cooley questions, but let's move into those. Yeah. All right, man. I'm going to start out on Bobcat Nation, our boy, Bleeding Blue, Tanner, who is going to join us here in a moment. I don't know how we want to bring that in. We will, though. We'll figure it out. He said, what is your what is your confidence level heading into this game compared to a month ago? Well, that's a good question. I was going to say, before he finished the second half of that question, I'm like, well, you could ask me every 30 minutes, it's going to change. But compared to a month ago, it's definitely down. It's definitely down. I'm still feeling confident. Like I'm feeling good. I'm not confident might be a strong word, but I'm feeling pretty good about it. But yeah, the Grizz after their like one point win against Southern Utah and after we beat Eastern Washington, I'm like, this is going to be, we got this, but it definitely, it moved from like maybe a nine out of 10 to like a six out of 10 or something. I'm trying to figure out where we were a month ago. Well, yeah. ESPN is not helping me out right here. So um, let me see. Game cash. Are there no there dates go. on the ESPN scores? Uh, they're trying to sell me tickets to the game. How much are they asking? Apparently, <laughs> like 300 bucks. It's pretty ridiculous. It's so ridiculous. So today is the 18th. If I look back and into um, our schedule, when did we play Weaver? That game was on. It doesn't tell me what. The day was. Anyways, um, we did so that would have been that, essentially that would have been Weaver. 
because we had a bye week in there. So we we played Idaho State, Eastern Washington, Idaho, and Weber in the last month. Hmm. Before Weber, we were rolling. I mean, 52-10, 30-17, 47-7. Think about those scores, Brian. Montana State, that's what we were putting up. 45-7, 52-10. And since then, Weber, 13-7, 27-9. 2320 and 2013. That's like almost two different uh, ball clubs right there. If you you just started, if you took the stats from Weber on pre Weber, it'd be, they'd be drastically different, at least offensively. Yeah. Uh, So my confidence, honestly, I would say probably the same because if you would have asked me about a month ago, let's say, let's just compare those two things. I would have said, Okay, Montana State's doing really awesome, but who we've been playing? So it would have been like cart. Uh, we talked about the ad nauseum. I don't know. Like we, we we're doing great, but we were playing the Drakes of the world: South Dakota, Portland State, Northern Colorado, Cal Poly, you know, lower level teams. Then we didn't play Weber. We were happy against that. Although we're like, okay, well, you know what? No, offense has some uh, little hiccups right there going on. Idaho State. That one was. More, well, I mean, 27-9, I think that that was, uh, Montana State actually had a better game than that the score predicted. Eastern, 23-20. We all know we left 14 points out there, probably 10, 14 points, but we didn't get those 10, 14 points. So, and then Idaho, man, yeah, Idaho, we, geez, I don't even want to touch that one. But so, (laughs) that's a bleeding blue, Tanner. That is a stinking good question. I think my confidence is probably probably the same, honestly. So if you want to go back exactly a week, uh, exactly a month ago, I just figured out why you were rambling on there. <laughs> that would have been the that week. Sometimes. That would have been like uh, a few days after the Cats beat Weber and Ogden and the Grizz lost to Sac State at home. Well, my confidence would have been higher at that point, for sure. For sure. Like, even though... We just figured that, at least at the time, I figured that the, our offensive woes were because Weber State's defense was that good, and we got the win, and that was all that mattered because that was such a monkey to get off the back. Like, we did it. Like, that's something we haven't done in so long. And then the Grizz lost the next day. That was that was a an excellent weekend as a Cat fan. <laughs> yeah, well. I was feeling pretty confident about that. Like, Sac State came in and just, just took it to the Grizz, easy peasy. So, Yeah. Definitely felt more confident back then. All right. Good question, Tanner. Oh, my word. This is such a good question. Bobcat123 said, you had mentioned last year that sometimes you get so nervous during Cat Grizz games, you have to walk away from the TV. Have you ever watched the brawl in person in Missoula? If not, why? And then his second question is, what's going on with their offense? <laughs> P.S. What's going on with their offense? Oh, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> that's good one. Oh, man. I have been to Missoula, I think twice in when I went to school there. And so I have seen two losses of Montana State in, in, um, in Missoula. My sister, who goes to the games, uh, she lives in Missoula. She, every time she goes, she is like, she is like a lucky charm. She always gets to see the cats win. And she called me today and she goes, I've got some free tickets. Do you want to go? And I was like, Nope, I'm going to sit here and watch it from the comfort of my couch. Plus, we're going to Great Falls in in two days after that. But uh, so, yeah, 
My sister's going to this week, so yeah. It's, uh, but uh, um, the first part, man, uh, Bobcat123, I still take walks, man. I took a walk during uh, Idaho game. I was put my boots on, my rain boots. It was mucky out over here, and I walked around the block. I am uh, I'm a bad Bobcat fan to watch the game. My wife told me, Ryan, she goes, you take the fun out of it. You're too serious. You're too emotional about it. And I was like, I can't. I don't know. I can't. What, what am That's I going to tell you? That's what makes sports great is the emotional yeah. attachment. So, I don't know. What about you, Bobcat123? Can you sit there and enjoy the whole game? Can you watch every play and not get too nervous that you have to uh, duck or go do yard work like me? <laughs> I mean, it's a con- miracle in Missoula, man. I was literally hiding behind my couch and I peered up. I, I like <laughs> looked like a little kid. I, I pulled the couch and I looked up and I saw I saw the play and I exploded in jo- enjoy jubilant. I ran through my house like a crazy man, scared my sons who were much younger at that point. My mother in law was over. She would start filming me on her phone and I ran outside, whooped up and yelled. And then I called you Thorning and I yelled into the phone. We were just like, yeah, I would <laughs> like to get this video to post Ooh. on the the cat cast Twitter. Please send me that video. That that uh, I would like to see that. <laughs> oh man, it's terrible. That's I'm pretty bad. funny. I don't yeah. think I don't think I've heard you say that one before. That's funny. I don't think I've ever been to a point where I can't like literally can't watch. I'm a I'm a big pacer. I will definitely pace around my house, but I'll I'll pace around our living room, which is a big open concept area now with the kitchen and dining room and stuff all together. I'll pace all over the place, but I I will always I will watch every single play live. Definitely not a problem for me. Get nervous as hell. That's good, man. But uh, I'm not. I'm not taking my eyes from the screen. That's good, man. I'm working on it. I'm getting better. I'm actually better than I used to be, for sure. This, this is fun. Question. All right, Dan, my man on Twitter, asked us: Would you rather have this year's game go like 2019 or 2018? Ooh, 2019, easy. He says that he thinks most people will pick that. But he said 2018 has much more memorable finish, and he remembers it crystal clear to this day. And also, he said it's so so satisfying to see the Grizzly just slowly evaporate. Yeah, but that was way more stressful. I mean, <laughs> what we were down like three touchdowns at one point. That was twenty two to zero. <laughs> was it twenty two to zero at one point? I think Bob. I just remember the the. Cameras panning to Bobby Houck in his big aviator sunglasses and his like uh, his little hat there that he had. He looked so smug. He was like, "Yep, Grizz are back, baby." <laughs> and then Troy Anderson, not so quick, buddy. <laughs> I mean, if you're making a big pick between the two, I mean, I got I got to pick 2019. 2018 maybe yeah, right? maybe more memorable, and I I get why you would pick that because since we won it. It's such a better, like, I don't know. It, it was a great feeling, and you'll never, ever forget the play or the events leading up to it, the whole timeout, t- t- bull crap and whatnot, but I don't need that stress in my life. I'm getting too old. 2019. Yeah. Bury him. <laughs> All right. Rocky Bearcat says, what percentage of plays between McKay, Malat, and Rovig at QB in the brawl? Rovig, huh? We talked about that on the episode last night. Yep. I don't. I just don't think he comes in this game unless McKay completely melts down and like is incapable of uh, doing anything. I still think it's going to be McKay and some Malat. 
I don't know the percentage. It depends on how it depends if Afonso is a go, but I say at most, I could see Malat getting ten snaps. If McKee comes out and throws two interceptions, we're going to see a real big guy. Bet it's possible. It's possible if he throws two interceptions yeah. in the first half. Yeah. It could happen. Yeah, could that will happen before Malat comes in full time? I will say that. Yeah, I've seen a lot of people talking about Malat being full time quarterback. Mm-mm. That's not not a good idea right now. It's not a good idea for his first start to being Cat Grizz. Like, what are you crazy people? Um, <laughs> so if anyone does, if backup comes in, it's Rovig for sure. I'd be super comfortable with Rovig coming yeah. into this game. Yeah. I'd almost, he's been there before. In some he's ways, done, I'd almost he's feel done more, the job. I, in some ways, I'd almost feel more confident if he started. I'm with you, man. I'm with you. I think, I think you and I, I want, ca- called for in our recent episode that we, we thought McKay would start and that Rovig would eventually take over the starting job. No, I, I like McKay. The, the kid looks like a, like a good, like a good guy. Like we can listen to him in the, in the, any kind of socials he does. Like, he seems like a legit good dude. And like, I mean, that's so like superficial to base any opinion on. Obviously, we want McKay to do well. We're Bobcat fans. We're rooting for Matt McKay. But I have spent so many years defending Tucker Rovig on this <laughs> podcast. I'm going to root for Tucker Rovig too, man. I'm going to root for any cat, honestly. But that's true. Yeah, I'd be happy. I'd be happy for. You know, if McKay struggles and Rovig comes in, it would not surprise me to see Rovig do well. Uh, but, you know, I hope that doesn't happen. I hope Matt McKay rises up to the occasion, has his good game. I hope he has a game like he did during Eastern, right? For sure. Because we were dogging on Matt McKay for a little bit, and then all of a sudden, big game Eastern, and then look what he did. He struggled so, against Weber State. He struggled for at least three quarters against Idaho State, and he came out and... Did just fine. I, I mean, he turned the ball over. He turned it over twice in that game or just once. But anyway, he played much better. And if he plays like that, you know, we'll, we'll be great. We'll be fine. All right. Good question, Rocky. Should have named one of my sons Rocky. That would have been awesome. All right. <laughs> Stones. Rocky fully. Stones fully. Stones fully. <laughs> okay. Uh, DMSU Brew. I said that right. Nice job, Foley. Can you consider it official that Melot is Tommy Touchdown? Quick answer on this one. Sure. Yeah, I like I'm it. Go meh. You know, I'm like gonna it. punt that. Tommy Touchdown. Score three touchdowns. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. I'll punt that to you. Okay. Cool. I say sure. Why Who wins? <laughs> T-Dub says, who wins in a foot race, Troy Anderson or Bobby Houck on his way out of Missoula when he loses another Cat Grizz? I don't think it matters for Bobby Houck. And I, I, I mean that in terms of, I don't think his job is has any problems if he loses. There's no for no. sale signs. There's no pitchforks. Bobby Houck, I think the, the Grizz fans have seen so much like the grass is not greener type coaches come through since Houck left that they're so happy he's back. He can pretty much, as long as he goes like nine and two every year, he can, one of those two can be to the cats and I don't think anyone's going to care. That's a good point. So 
Bobby Hall could go six and five for the remainder of his life. He won't because he's a good coach. And I still don't think they would fire him. No, I don't think so either. Yeah. Okay, that's that's exaggerating. <laughs> I just, he's, I'm going to be like uh, 80 years old and Bobby Houck is still going to be coaching for the Grizzlies. I, I'm pretty sure about this. Okay. How many core, How many more? Who says this? Uh, uh, Blue and Gold Blitz says, how many more Cat Grizz games can Bobby lose before he gets canned? We just talked about that. He can lose them all. He, he really all, can. As long as he wins other games. He can lose them all. In my opinion. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Bobby Halk is never going away, fans. He will always be there. And then when he decides to leave, his son will be the next coach. So get used to it. The Halks will never leave. <laughs> Agreed. Agreed. Ugh. <laughs> Gross. Set it here first. You... Ryan Foley. R&R Cat Cast. I'm calling it. He's going to outlive the, this, the Halks. Just when you get be... Bobby Halk out. The Halks are going to outlive gonna this, this podcast for sure. <laughs> okay. I hope not. I hate talking about Bobby Hell. All right. I got okay. a good one that came in on email from Tyler A. Do you ever get the feeling that Coach Vegan knows way more than he lets on in his press conferences? To me, he seems like he's hmm. the type to never be underprepared, and he's got a bag of tricks he has been hanging on to for just the right time. What do you guys think? <laughs> Is he? I've thought about this, too, because I think about, uh, we talked about the the trick plays or the gadget plays or... Maybe something just clever that he knows that we don't. You had talked to me earlier on this week about this. I'll let you going to talk about this, Ryan. I mean, in this in this press conference in particular, it just seems like it reminded me of. I think Jeff Choke kind of had this last year, at the very least, if not for a couple years during his Cat Chris press conferences, or you see it from time to time where he's like, it's like he knows something that you don't know. And I kind of got the feeling from that from Vegan on the Monday press conference. He's almost got like a little extra bounce in a step or a little smirk going on. I don't know. Something seems like he he knows something and he's feeling good about the game. Or it could be I could be completely misreading it. He's just like trying to stay calm and cool for the and maybe he doesn't know what to get into. I don't know. There's lots of other things you can read into that. But yeah, I think I think you are right, Tyler. I do think he knows. More than he lets on. I I don't know if he has a bag of tricks up his sleeve. He doesn't seem like a guy who had, who likes tricks. <laughs> Let's just put it that way. We've talked about it. You know, uh, vegans ordering vanilla ice cream. He's, if he goes to TCBY, he gets like he pumps the cup full of vanilla ice cream and checks out. Doesn't How does Coach Vegan like his eggs? How does Coach Vegan like his eggs? Over hard. The worst way you can eat an egg. <laughs> Sorry, vegan. Sorry, oh buddy. my gosh! Just... <laughs> you made me answer that question. I, I bet you, Coach Vegan just wants to get past this weekend something bad. He just wants to this people stop probably... asking about what are you going to, how are you preparing for this game. Yeah. He's, he's been cat or cat grizz to death. Okay, part of the job. Um, jeez, cats are us. It seems like our offensive line doesn't have the raw power it did in 2019. Do you guys feel the same? On the same note, Grizz D front seems not as powerful this year either. Later in the game, will our offensive line be able to moving them? Will our O-line be moving them against their will like we did in 2019? I don't think our offensive line is as powerful. I mean, Mitch Bratt was borderline NFL talent. I'm surprised he didn't get a look. Connor Wood, 
was a good talent and he's gone. He transferred and we, we've reshuffled people around. It's just, yeah, I don't think they're as good as they have been. They're certainly a good offensive line, but they're not the dominant offensive line that we've been known for. A grizzly defensive line? I, I mean, I don't know. Couldn't tell you. I don't think any of those guys on the D line is as good as, well, who was there last year? Was it Caleb Clear? Is he the guy who passed away? They had a really oh, good defensive line last. Sims. Was it Sims? Jesse Sims? That I'm thinking of? Yeah, Jesse Sims. Yeah, he was there. He was a really good player. I am. Yeah, rest in peace. But uh, I don't think any of those guys are as good as he was. But there, I don't think that that matters. I don't think, I think their defense is so good because of the other players. And what was the last one? Yeah, question? I'm going to go with you on that one. <laughs> uh, can we move them against the wheel? I think we can. I think so. Uh, especially if, if we're up on them. This game's weird, right? Like, uh, a lot of media members around say guys just play outside themselves. So, uh, to be determined. But uh, sure. I'm going to go with what Ryan th- Ryan said. We, we don't have the same power. Are, are we going to be the road graders in the fourth quarter? I hope so. But uh, I, I don't think so. I think Coulter, as uh, Coulter Nuanes has wondered if we might be switching up the offensive line a little bit. I think that'd be a good idea to move Tui around or Lewis Kidd around, whatever they think of doing for a, for a more run oriented um, unit. I think there's something you could do there mm. to really kind of help it out. So we'll, we'll see what happens there. It's possible. Teton cat said, will the Grizz blitz at least one linebacker every play? Yes, they will. Yeah. That's pretty sure. That's what they do. That's the three, three, five. That's how, that's how they account for their fourth down lineman essentially. So yeah, that's going to come. All right, and that's it on the Bobcat Nation, man. A more fun question. Miles Miller on Twitter, who has been tagging us all season with, with these signs. He's the guy who is he's, has these signs he brings to the games that are pretty funny. He tagged us like another week, another sign. So my question for you guys is how come I haven't been mentioned on the podcast yet? And he has a photo of himself holding a sign with the Idaho logo, the I, and then it says, inferior after it so it says inferior with idaho so <laughs> yeah he, he's, he's been wanting some credit for all the bobcat success from all of his signs and I, I i can't argue with that man we're superstitious how do i know that these signs aren't winning the game single-handedly so there you go miles you're getting your recognition loving the signs keep it up man you just do it in the playoffs <laughs> keep it at keep at it <laughs> yeah does he have a sign this week i want to know that no he, i asked him he's not going to missoula so he he did say, oh, what did he say? Let me click through on the message there. I asked him if he's going to Missoula. He said, no, I'm going home for Thanksgiving, but I've still got a plan for some signage. Whatever that means. <laughs> it's, very, it's very ominous and very promising sounding. So maybe he's got some uh, people, Missoula, some proxy signage. The signs alert. are so well put together too. It's like professional printing. Yeah. Does he work in like the... A little print center down the sub. <laughs> it's, like, it's getting these like <laughs> professional made signs. Like those costs, those got to cost some money, man. That's beer money. <laughs> What's your story, Miles? Let's talk, buddy. Why are your signs so good? <laughs> are you a professional sign maker? <laughs> All right. Um. Oh, any other questions here? It's going off the rails. Too much cat grace talk, man. <laughs> so we do have a, a story. Uh, submitted by Dan, my man, one of our listeners. Thanks for the 
story. Danny is, is his Twitter handle says there. Um, bef- we'll read this one and then we'll cut to a story from Bleeding Blue, who we talked about a little bit earlier, who called in and told the story and answered a few questions about hackers and all that stuff. But this one comes from Dan, my man. He says, 2018 Cat Grizz is still living with his parents and watching the game in his room. The cats were down bad at this point, but he'd used the opportunity to get some cleaning done. He's the only cat fan in the house, and his dad's the only one who really cares about college football at all, but I guess uh, must be a UW Husky fan. We're, getting, we're trouncing Oregon State at the time. So everyone's just using the Lazy Saturday to clean the house. But the cats start making their comeback, as we all know. I move back to my room to watch the game in peace, and Troy starts dicing the Grizz up. Cut to the goal line stand. I hear a pounding on my door, and I yelled one second, but the whistle is blown for the timeout. So I let a very angry mom of mine into the room. She chews me out for leaving my <laughs> socks all over the family room and how I need to come help everyone clean very soon. I'm pretty embarrassed, but I know she's not happy with me, but she closes the door behind me. And a mere milliseconds after this happens, the game, the play is run that we all know ends with the victory for the third Cat Grizz win in a row for the Bobcats. I burst out cheering as hard as I'd ever done, and my mom comes back in right away, as she, confused as ever. I had to explain what happened. She was a good sport about it, but she said she was so startled and wasn't expecting me to be so happy after the conversation we just had. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, man, that, that's, 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 that's a good story. That's, that's pretty funny, because uh, I think we can all relate, just in, just in terms of the fact that we all knew exactly where we were when that play happened. Yeah, I think every Bobcat fan could tell you exactly what they were doing during the Miracle in Missoula. Yeah, I mean, that that, that'd be a, that would be a fun episode to do at some point. Where were you? What do you remember about that? I think everyone knows exactly where it was. I know exactly where I was and what happened when I, or what I did, how I reacted, and who I was with. Um, <laughs> that's pretty funny, though. Um, that's a good story. And I will say that, um, and especially since I know my wife doesn't listen, um, you're always going to be told to clean up your socks your entire life. <laughs> Come on, <laughs> doesn't Dan. doesn't get any better. Pick up after yourself. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm talking to Foley, who's like the cleanest person I've ever known in my entire life. So I am a clean person. Ah, <laughs> oh, Dan, that's a good, that's good, man. Because we, I think when you, when I hear that story, you know, I know where I was. I remember almost everything about that afternoon. My mom had sent me, because I had just moved into my house. My mom had sent me a Montana State flag. My mom and dad. My dad was still alive at that point. So they had sent me a Montana State flag. And it came with all the hardware. And I remember talking to Thorny. I was outside. I was getting a little bit nervous. We were making the comeback. I was like, oh, man, we got this. And so I was doing my pacing like I normally do. I went outside, got my drill, got everything, you know, tacked in into the house. And I just remember that whole afternoon. It was a beautiful day in Spokane. It was warm. It was one of those warm November days. It was, I mean, I remember everything about that day. So, yes, Dan, great story. Uh, you just helped me, like, just remember it. Crystal clear, everything about that moment. All right. Is that, is that all? Hey, so, Thorny, uh, real quick, though, do you remember Troy Anderson? taking the two snaps after that play. I think he fumbled both of them. Yeah, that's I don't think it was obvious on TV, but I'm pretty sure Hauk said in the press conference that he did. It was hard to tell. <laughs> I think he did. I think he did. I, I believe he probably did. 
Yeah, I think, uh, you know, he went under center for probably the first time in his life, maybe. (laughs) Or, you know, had to take those two snaps. And you see the scrum, and then everybody goes, oh, my gosh, the ball's out. And then Troy gets it again. So we had to get a couple yards, and those were two tough, tough plays there at the very end. (laughs) <laughs> they weren't, they well, weren't when we get for sure. when we get Trey on after he graduates on the podcast, we'll ask him, "Did you fumble? Oh man, did you fumble that? Yeah, <laughs> I can't wait for that one. That's that 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 will be a fun interview for sure. Yes. All right. Well, let's move in. Oh, uh, man. Let's play the audio from from Bleeding Blue Tanner real quick here. So let's play that, and here it is. All right. Well, now we have a a call in from a listener Tanner who goes by Bleeding Blue on Bobcat Nation. Tanner man, how you doing tonight? I'm doing pretty good. How are you guys? Doing fantastic. We're recording our third podcast this week with of course we'll do our instant <laughs> reaction show after the game on Saturday. So getting a little pod Ooh. fatigue here for sure, but you know, good to, good to have some uh, you know, some uh, listeners calling in. So that that'll be a highlight for us. So so we reached out to Tanner uh, because we wanted to effort some some Cat Grizz stories, and Tanner got back to us. So thanks, man. So uh, the floor is yours, buddy. What's the Cat Grizz story you got for us? Yeah, so um, I actually, I think in the, the message I had sent, I told you guys 93, but it was actually 95. I was seven years old. Um, my grandpa had season tickets in the north end zone, so my dad and I went with him to Cat Grizz um, in 95. And, um, you know, I hadn't really watched a cats game or anything much before then they weren't on TV or anything. So not something I'd ever really seen, but, um, I remember from the day, the, the worst part of it was that the wind was blowing and we were right at the top of the bleachers. So my grandpa always took blankets to put up, um, on the back to kind of try to break the wind. But I don't really remember a whole, a whole lot about the game other than this annoying Grizz fan in front of us. Um, he was just talking smack most of the game and by the fourth quarter uh, he was pretty drunk and swearing dropped a few f-bombs and so my dad finally asked him to cut it down on the cursing a little bit and he turned around and told my dad to f off and told him that uh, he should worry about his own team being bad and then he now needed two hands to to count the streak and so my dad kind of laughed and you know, at that point, the Grizz hadn't won a national championship. That was their first year winning, so they hadn't got number one yet. And my dad said, I only need, you know, I need two hands, too, so I can hold up our, you know, the national titles and held up a three on one hand and just held up his fist as a zero to the guy on the other hand. And <laughs> the, the guy immediately <laughs> looked at him. He was, you know, kind of crestfallen, even though the Montana was winning and finally turned around and didn't say much the whole rest of the game. And I don't even remember what the final score was. I know we lost obviously, but I just remember that it was pretty awesome. And my dad, who's super laid back and, um, you know, doesn't really get into the game that often put that dude in his place. And from then on out, I was a cats fan for life. Nice. Clearly just, uh, (laughs) you know, looking after his kid there. Gotta love that kind of stuff. Yeah, it was it was fun, and like I said, there wasn't there's not a whole lot about the game I remember, but <laughs> that that started my my hatred of the Grizz and you know disliking their annoying fans and and loving the Bobcats. Right on. So Tanner, uh, before we uh, 
before we let you go here, um, just what's your take on the Cat Grizz game this this year? Like maybe if we if we had to put you on a spot, what what are some keys to the games for the Cats? Um, I think the big thing is you know the Grizz are going to play the same kind of defense that they have the last couple of years, um, and we had a you know a lot of success getting the ball to the outside. I know we haven't run a whole ton of sweeps and um, stretch runs as much this year, but I really think running outside the tackles is is important, especially since those guys are almost always bringing one linebacker the way they they line up. Um, and I think that you know we have to take deep shots a few times yeah. this game because otherwise they're just going to start packing the box and you know run blitzing and and then we'll be in trouble if we you know, haven't taken any shots and backed them off. So I think that's a a big key on on offense. And it doesn't really matter who's a running back. I think we have to try to do that. And then mm-hmm. defensively, I would say, you know, especially if Humphrey's back there to start the game, I'm assuming he will be. He's a little hobbled, not super mobile. I think bringing pressure early will be important against him. He's not like Barrier where he's going to scramble around for 10 seconds before he finds a guy downfield. So I think we can get to him. And I think if we do early, that'll be that'll be a big key in the game. Nice. That's some solid keys there. I can't argue with any of that for sure. <laughs> no. So uh, a tradition here that we do on this podcast is we don't make any sort of game predictions, but I thought it'd be fun. Maybe if you want to throw out a score prediction or anything like that, uh, you're welcome to do that because that's not us. So nope, no bad juju <laughs> if you do it. Nope, I don't. This is uh, the one game that I, I never predict every <laughs> year when I, when I started when I started the prediction thread this week. I I. I just said I wasn't going to make a prediction. And honestly, it's because I used to, and I used to, you know, talk smack to Grizz fans throughout the week and then we'd get our asses handed to us. So, you know, I decided I'm going to stop doing that and I'm just going to be confident in our team, you know, even though it is cat Grizz and there's always that chance you lose, but I'm not going to, not going to say if I think we'll win and I'm not going to say anything to Grizz fans during the week. Smart laying low. I like it. Yep. <laughs> well, to like Tanner to like piggyback off that man, I didn't. I don't even read the the prediction threads because oh, you know really? just a little superstition I have. Yeah, so I don't even <laughs> want to know what people are saying. So yeah, I don't even. I don't even click on that thread. So you don't even read <laughs> I'm them with you. on non non cat gears weeks. No, well, I, I admit I I did go read the the Idaho ones last last weekend. Everyone had us like forty one you know, 10, something like that. And I knew that was not going to happen. And we covered that. So, uh, so we, we don't need to talk about that game, but yeah, I, I, I have not clicked into the prediction thread. It's just a little bit of a superstition I have, I suppose. That's all right. I got, I got plenty of superstitions of my own. So whatever works. Yeah. Right on, man. Hey Tanner, we appreciate you calling in, man, and thanks for just interacting with us. I mean, that's the best part about this whole podcast is just talking to cat fans and, uh, uh, well, and just you know, getting to chat about what we do. So, thanks a lot, buddy. Yeah, thank you guys. Appreciate you having me on. And go cats, go cats, go cats. Thanks, guys. All right, well, that was fun. Uh, thanks for the call there, Tanner. We really appreciate you uh, calling in the, to our show, to our quote live show. <laughs> Be like a radio show now, like a call in.
We need more fan interaction like that. That was fun. Let's do it more. We should. We should do something where we get people on. I think people would enjoy that. It's pretty, pretty simple. I think we make it pretty easy for people. I like to think we do anyway. Yeah. All right. Is there any other Long questions? They can remember who's Ryan. Yeah. Just, just say Ryan. One of us will talk. Yeah. Fully, man. I think that about wraps this episode up. Thanks, everyone, for all the all the questions, all the fan interaction. Thanks for Tanner for calling in. Really appreciate it. Man, I'm just excited for Cat Critters. I know we all are. I'm excited to be done podcasting for the week and to actually sit back and meh, consume some content and just enjoy my Saturday um, watching the Grizz, watching the Cat Critters game. Uh, you can find us on Twitter, rrcatcast. You can find us on the web, rrcatcast.com. You can email us, email us at rrcatcast at gmail.com. I want to once again thanks our, thank our dank sponsor, Jeremiah Johnson. And as always, Foley, let's get out of here with a Go Cats. Go Cats. Go Cats. Go Cats.